All right, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Tubes podcast. It is Wednesday, August the 2nd, 2017, and today, uh, before we get into a couple of topics on my mind around the world of SEC basketball, if you haven't already, be sure to head over to southeasttubes.com, check out uh, the written stuff that's been put up the past couple days. Uh, obviously, I've talked about my my long column, my 3,000-word column uh, that went up on Monday, just about a lot of different things within SEC basketball, the rise of SEC hoops that I've been talking about for many months now. Uh, really enjoyed doing that, and really, like I said before, I've gotten a lot of great feedback, so be sure, if you haven't already read it, be sure to head over to the site and do that, and also put up a very uh, in-depth breakdown. The first one that I did on the non-conference schedules yesterday, uh, we started at the top with Alabama and really just broke down each of their opponents this season, and we'll do that. Uh, for every single team in the SEC as we continue to wait for a couple of uh, non-conference schedules to be finalized and then the full schedule will be out uh, very soon. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into the first topic of today and that is a potential impact player coming into the SEC and no, uh, it's not a particular guy who uh, happened to be released from his uh, school last night and we know who that is uh, in Mitchell Robinson. I am talking about Randy Anwasor. He is from Southern Utah, and if you don't know who he is now, uh, you will know who he is if he decides to join the SEC. And as of right now, uh, that is a potential thing that could happen because uh, he's already visited Gonzaga this week, and now he will visit South Carolina later this week and will also visit LSU early next week. Now, this is a kid where, you know, he only played one season at Southern Utah. He transferred from Texas Tech. Uh, but boy, if you go back and look at what he did during that season last year at Southern Utah, it will definitely impress you. I mean, we're talking about a guard, a 6'3 guard here, a guy who can just simply light it up, finds a way to score, finds a way to get to the foul line, uh, and he just played, you know, it was, it was a situation where, let's just face it, Southern Utah, quite frankly, could not take him out of the game last year uh, in talking about just how impressive he was and and, you know it's one of those things where as we continue to see the transfer situation around college basketball be what it is I mean look when a guy puts up numbers like that he was at Texas Tech before transferring uh you know it seems like with the way things have gone really you kind of had a feeling he was going to wind up somewhere else after that kind of output um and you know look I mean he he is an absolute player like I said is a guy who can score and when you think about it um, you know, you think about the state of LSU and South Carolina, they are in that kind of need for a score like that. I mean, think about LSU, the new they have a new coach there, Will Wade, who's trying to kind of revamp things as quickly as possible so that they're not, you know, as many bumps in the road. There are going to be bumps in the road, but uh, just talking about that transition from where they were last year, where LSU was quite frankly not competitive a lot of the time in the SEC. Uh, to where they're trying to be this year, and I've said it already many times, is that I don't. I think people that are continuing to think that LSU is just going to be a complete walkover this year are just completely, sadly mistaken, uh, because that is not going to be the case. They have a different style of play now this year with an emphasis on what their biggest weakness was last year, and that was defense. And now you're going to have a different mentality in there, a guy like Will Wade coming in, really trying to change the culture there, 
And really, you know, they need somebody to step in and kind of be that guy that Antonio Blakeney was. And, you know, getting a guy like Adwasor here, uh, you know, someone that averaged 23.6 points a game last year, fifth in the country, uh, that would certainly be uh, something to fill the void with there because, uh, you know, is he going to average 23.6 points a game in the SEC? No. But he is definitely a guy that is a proven scorer and could certainly, you know, add something to that team, especially when you think about the pieces that they have in place there. Uh, Tremont Waters now, a really good point guard coming in. Uh, then we talk about Jeremy Combs coming over from North Texas. In addition to Duop Reith is back, Brandon Sampson's back. LSU has some nice pieces, but if they could add someone like this, uh, it would certainly make things interesting when we talk about where everyone is pretty much going to pick LSU at the bottom of the conference. Uh, if they can add another piece like that, it would certainly be a big boost. And then if you're South Carolina, I mean, Frank Martin, he knows what he lost there. We talk about the loss of Cinderius Thornwell, P.J. Dozier, Dwayne Notice. Uh, those three guys, the, the kind of scoring output that they had, um, you know, having a guy like this would certainly help. They do have Corey Holden in there. The Delaware transfer is going to come in. I think he's going to make an impact right away. Rakim Felder's back. Chris Silva's back. Uh, Mike Coatsar's back. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we talk about the Gamecocks, and sure, there are question marks when you lose as much as they lost from that Final Four team, and especially a guy like Thornwell who simply did everything. I mean, he is the kind of guy that you're not going to replace overnight. Anuasor would not replace him overnight if he chose South Carolina just because Thornwell is that kind of player in terms of just the impact he had on his team just really can't be measured in words and numbers, anything like that. I mean, he fueled this team to where no one thought they could get into the Final Four. Um, And so that's just something that's going to be impossible to replace. But again, if you can add a guy in there like that, a potential impact transfer like this, uh, it would certainly help South South Carolina's lineup. And it would make their outlook for the season a little bit more positive in that, you know, if you look around at where most people think South Carolina is going to be right now, uh, there's certainly an expected drop-off. And again, why wouldn't there be when you think about everything that they lost? But as I've said many times now, uh, I have gotten to the point to where I'm never going to doubt a Frank Martin team because they're always going to have a toughness to them and they're always going to play defense very hard. And so that will give them a chance to win. Uh, But again, if you add a player like this, it certainly changes the dynamic of your roster, changes things you can do on offense, uh, and so that would be a big boost without a question. So in diving a little deeper into Anuasor's numbers, I mean, you you just go down the list. I mean, if you look at this kid's uh, game log, you know, he started off the season, had a 35-point game against Valpo, played all 40 minutes in that game. Uh, And then you go throughout the year, I mean, he's got 25-plus point games out there. He's got 30-plus point games, uh, you know, more than a handful of those. And then he had the big 43-point performance uh, in a 109-105 win in triple overtime against Montana State uh, in the second-to-last game of the season. And that game, he got to the free-throw line 25 times. And that's another thing, uh, when you look at his numbers, uh, yeah, he took a lot of shots, but he also was able to get to the free-throw line a lot. Uh, found a way to get there, make an impact in that way. I mean, th- there were lots of times throughout the season where, you know, probably I think it was eight, nine, ten times, somewhere in there where he shot double digits uh, attempts from the free throw line. So you have a guy like that who is pretty much going to, you know, find a way he's going to will his way uh, to be able to get shots up and to be able to score. And it's just a matter of seeing how that translates should he come to the SEC. And like we said, I mean, he's already, you know, taking a look at Gonzaga. South Carolina LSU still on that list there. 
Uh, it will be interesting to see what he decides because that's what we're talking about when we look at these power rankings. And I know everyone continues to say, you know, why have I not put out anything on that yet? Why have I been very vague? It's because, look, you could still have guys like this come into the league and completely impact everything. And, you know, I'm not saying he's going to take LSU or South Carolina uh, from their place now up nine or ten spots, anything like that, or five or six, whatever. But, you know, this certainly changes the outlook of a team if you get a guy like this that transfers in. And that's just the state of the transfers in college basketball right now. You don't ever know kind of when a guy like this could pop in and change the outlook of a season for a team. And certainly, you know, like we said, I mean, sure, everybody will do what we've always kind of said in terms of they'll say, well, you know, he averaged 23.6 points per game at Southern Utah. That's the big sky. Uh, he's never going to be able to be an impact player in the SEC. Well, that's just not true. If you've seen this kid play, uh, he certainly has the, the attributes, the the athleticism, all the skills you need to be a very successful scorer in the SEC. Um, and so I think he would, again, come in right away, uh, has experience, has a chance to make an impact no matter where he goes. So if that is LSU or South Carolina, uh, either one of those teams would be getting a very, very good player. And the next topic for today has to do with the buzz surrounding Alabama basketball. And it's just, I think it's incredible to see right now uh, because as many people have pointed out, and I've talked to people, uh, you know, radio stuff with people in Alabama, it's just, there there has seemingly never been a buzz like this surrounding Alabama basketball. And like I said in the column on Monday, one thing that people always have to remember is even in a football state, even in a football conference, there are still basketball fans that want you know quality information. They want to be able to keep up with their team. Uh, they want to know what's going on. And that's especially the case this year when you think about the, the roster that Avery Johnson has assembled there in Tuscaloosa. And, you know, I talked with this uh, with somebody on Twitter yesterday about this as well as you know, it's just everyone thinks this is just about Colin Sexton. And look, it's a big piece. I mean, he he's a big piece of the puzzle. Let's not kid ourselves. Getting a player like that in that's going to change the complete dynamic of that offense, give that team more flow on offense versus what they had last year where, you know, we saw many times it seemed like last year where Alabama would go four or five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes without a field goal. And it kind of limited what they were able to do. It limited their ceiling as a team because you never really knew when that was going to hit because you didn't feel like you know you had that complete just game changer that could get into the paint on every possession, uh, you know, be able to kind of get more open shots for guys. And that's what you're going to have this year with Sexton. But it's not just about him. It's about all the other pieces that are returning as well. Braxton Key was the big talk of this offseason in that many people wondered, once he put his name into the NBA draft, would he come back? He's back now. And he's someone that, like we say, as he continues to develop, he's going to have that opportunity, like several other guys on this team, uh, to make that jump to the next level uh, in a year or two. He's going to have that chance because he's getting able to learn uh, under a guy like Avery Johnson with all that NBA experience. And then we talk about the rest of the roster. I mean, Daniel Giddens now comes into the lineup in, in the middle. Uh, Dante Hall, he's going to have a breakout season. I've talked about him and just his athleticism. As long as his offensive game continues to develop more, he has a chance to have a breakout year, especially with a guy like Sexton, who's going to make everyone else better. I mean, Ingram, as we all know, that Sexton-Ingram combo in the backcourt is going to be a lot of fun to watch 
because these are two guys that will play very well off of each other, and I think you'll see that when Alabama uh, plays in their foreign trip this week when they go to Canada, uh, and they have a chance to, to see those guys on the floor together as they continue to build chemistry. It's only going to get better from here, uh, but I do think those two guys are going to play very well off of each other. And that's why there is such anticipation uh, for this Alabama team this year. And it's just it's so, I think, crazy for some people to, to see because you always think of the football. And why wouldn't you? I mean, it's a team that competes for national championships seemingly year in and year out. Uh, and, you know, is, is basketball ever going to reach that level? Hey, let's be honest. It's always been a football state. Football is king in the SEC. We've talked about this many, many times. But that doesn't mean that it has to be at the expense of basketball, especially when we're talking about a year like this where the SEC teams like Alabama are all going to have a chance to break through and kind of you know raise interest in the game uh, within the conference. And so I think that's a big thing, and it's just it is. It's kind of crazy to look around and see all this buzz. And, you know, would that buzz be there if Alabama wasn't taking their trip to Canada? I think it would be, just because people are that excited about seeing this team and they're going to get that chance you know some of these games will be streamed uh in canada it's going to be very interesting to see like we said how that chemistry is building uh, between the new guys and the returning guys um and it's just boy it's something that a lot of people have pointed out and it is it's just uh that's that's kind of when we know when we talk about the rise of sec basketball you're seeing the interest not only at alabama but you're seeing it in a lot of different places just the anticipation is there that hasn't been there in a long, long time. Uh, and I think, you know, that's what we're going to see this year. We're going to see teams garner way more interest than they have uh, in quite some time. So Alabama fans, you, you continue to love all this stuff. Uh, and like I said, be sure if you haven't already, go over to the website, southeastoops.com, check out the complete breakdown of the non-conference schedule. And I will have Arkansas's coming up here in the near future. I think Arkansas still finalizing their schedule. Uh, but we'll have that done. And I'll continue, like I said, roll through all 14 teams. But uh, Alabama, like many others, it's going to be a lot of fun to continue to see this buzz build as we head towards November for the start of the season. Uh, All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Southeast Tubes podcast. Be sure you're subscribed. You can do that by going over to your podcast app, iTunes, whatever you use, and search for Southeast Tubes. You can subscribe. Uh, Get every episode delivered as soon as they go up. And like I said, continuing to try to do this daily, there will be days that we miss, but that is the goal here as we continue to push forward here now into August and getting closer and closer to the start of SEC basketball season. And remember, like we talked about with Alabama, a lot of teams getting ready for their foreign trips. Uh, Alabama's on one, uh, Vanderbilt's on one, Auburn, Tennessee, all those teams are going to be playing here in the near future, so be sure to stay tuned to all that. We'll certainly be talking a lot more about those four teams uh, as we go throughout the next week or so as we get, you know, see these games happen in various places and kind of get a better feel of where these teams are at right now. And that's that's always the exciting part about these foreign, these trips, to just get a chance to, to really see these teams where they are now and kind of maybe what are some things they're going to build upon going into the start of the season. So uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>